Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew Lapau. Let's start the show. I've got Tyrone Coglin today on the podcast. Tyrone is an in-demand bass player. Uh, he's from upstate New York. Uh, he's based out of Nashville now, but he got a start out in L.A. when he worked at Ocean Way Studio and Record One Studio uh, when Dr. Dre was making his 2001 record back in the uh, earlier part of the millennium. He's since moved to Nashville. He plays with Americana artists Jamie Wyatt, Aubrey Sellers, and Sam Morrow. And we talk about his time on the road, and we just share anecdotes about uh, some uh, interesting gigs we've had on the outskirts of Nashville. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tyrone Coughlin. Enjoy. I came here for the first time, it was like 2005, on a really long tour with like a punk band. And we played at The Muse, which is now a Domino's Pizza. Oh, where? which one? Uh, it's right on... Uh, see 4th Avenue South right by the interstate where 40 and 65 kind of meet up there I know exactly what you're talking about yeah that was that was a crazy venue there was so much like there was a lot going on there that was like probably really under the radar needed to be for it to stay operating yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the old was, Nashville yeah it was a lot of fun I love that place and it was stayed open for quite a while I mean for like a a venue to be like all ages and cater to that many different types of music and people and bands like it's kind of hard to keep it running and you know they they were ambitious for sure yeah so when did that close down oh man it's been closed for a while and maybe like we actually i played with the band that did one of the last shows there a band called look what i did and that was in god when that was a long time ago that was probably like six years ago maybe or something like that okay yeah so I was just moving to town then. It'll be six years in September. Um, when did you move to Nashville? I first came in November of 2005. Moved here with a band. It was like a punk band. We had a band house. We were like, we had way too many people living there. The rent was super cheap. It was in East Nashville in a neighborhood that's now like, you know, very desirable, I guess. <laughs> but at the time, people were like, you live where? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, apparently uh, this zip code is the most desirable in the country now. Oh, wow. I, I believe can't, it. I can't even... I can't. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe, but it's been a trend now for a while where it's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, when I moved here, I was like, oh my God, this place. Like, I found my place. I found the place where I think I'm going to just love it and like between the music and the uncrowded bars... And the access to great food and everything and oh, walking yeah. distance. I really thought I found like a, you know, it's just like a diamond in the rough over here. And yeah. I guess everybody else had the same idea. Yeah. Once, you know, I don't know, what was the show? Nashville on ABC. Yeah. And then they, some, like, some of the characters came over to the five spot and that was it. And it yeah. was done. And everybody knew about the five spot. Right. Which to me is still one of the best venues in. Oh, I Nashville. agree, yeah. I love mm-hmm. Fast Spot. I, uh, I was at a Sunday Night Soul last night, see oh, Jason nice. Eskridge band. Man, that guy is like, it's just so fun to watch, and he's so freaking talented. Oh, yeah. 
I want to get him on the podcast. I, I didn't want to really go up to him because he was playing. Mm, fair <laughs> you can't yeah. approach when somebody's on stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you hear that echo? It's like a little, a, a little bit. Of, it's like reverbing off the drums. Yeah. Um, and we got this damn gardener out here. <laughs> so are you are you still over in uh, 12 South? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like I was kind of grandfathered in to that area because it's it's definitely very expensive, but yeah, there's a spot that I've got and then it's it's working. I don't know for how long it's going to be there, but it's yeah. great right now. So where do you go around there? Like to where you hang? Do you actually hang on Twelve South? Go get dinner there? A little bit, yeah. There's there's some real cool spots over there. Um, I like Twelve South Tap Room. Every once in a while, there's some really really great yeah. music in there. I haven't been in a while, but. It used to be on Monday nights, you'd go in and see, like, some really great musicians, like Dave Rose, like, playing with, uh, I don't know, it's just, I haven't been there in a while, but you never know who's going to be in there, and it's usually going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I really like uh, International Market, which is on Belmont, on the other side of the Oh, hill. yeah, yeah. I've never been in there. No? No, it's great, man. It's, you know, they got all kinds of, like, Thai food, great mm-hmm. Asian food, and... And just all kinds of stuff in there. It's like a grocery store and, you know, like yeah. they have plants everywhere. And it's just a cool vibe in there. Nice. I guess I never really went in there because I'm kind of allergic to a lot of that Thai, Vietnamese cuisine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, you ever go to Proper Bagel? Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. It's really good. But it's so damn expensive. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Really? We import our bagels from New York, so we will charge you $15 for the bagel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, all right. So what, what's going on with you now? Are you working? Are you kind of, you're on the road, but you're also doing in town gigs. Yep. Just kind of depends on what month it is lately. And mm-hmm. I'm playing on Broadway a lot and just picking up whatever random gigs come my way. Yeah. How's, how's that treating you? Broadway? Oh, it's good. I, I enjoy it. You know, it's, it can be kind of grueling sometimes, you know, long hours. I almost passed out on stage over the weekend, I think. Oh, <laughs> like, 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 really? Like lost consciousness out of heat exhaustion? Or yeah, something? I think that's what it was. It was a long day. You know, I was doing a triple and I was at a oh. closing shift at Crossroads. And oh, man. We were all kind of like sharing the fan space. Yeah. Oh, it was hot on stage? Yeah, it was pretty hot. It just, you know, it just doesn't bother me. I'm fine. I'm, I'm happy if I'm playing and mm-hmm. doing good. But then, like, my hands started getting kind of clammy and sweaty, and I started getting dizzy. And I'm like, oh, this isn't really oh, so going to be good. <laughs> I just kind of, like, drank a bunch of water okay. and, like, stood in front of a fan. I, I grabbed a stool and sat down for a couple songs. Wow. And, and I felt better, but I was like, oh, this could either be really bad or yeah. I'll pull out of it. <laughs> Did you, um, were you drinking water throughout the day? I was, but probably not enough. Because yeah. it was hot and muggy. And Were you, you know. there uh, when... Um, during the uh, the Nissan Stadium music uh, rock and roll marathon gig, yes, yes, I went to the emergency room that night. Oh yeah, I think I remember. It was that. a year yeah. ago. A yeah, year ago. That's right. Yeah, because of that. Man, it was hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we were and there, we were there since six in the morning. Yeah, like, sitting in our cars, waiting an hour yeah. in a hot car, and then to play, yeah. and then I had to walk across the bridge to go get a coffee, and uh, walked back, did it, and then I, by the nighttime, I was in the. I was over in the emergency room. Man, that sounds awful. <laughs> I, I feel <laughs> your pain. 
Man, you don't you can't mess around with that, man. People just drop like flies. Yeah, you gotta be careful how much energy you're expending on mm-hmm. just as the day goes by. Yep. yep. Water is important. Very important. Yeah, Nashville summers, they sneak up, they just attack, mm. and then you don't even know what hit you. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of skip spring this year and went straight to the I know. Impressive heat. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's early June. What's July? What's the next month going to be like? It's going to be like 100. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> um, so who are you playing with when you're on the road now? Uh, let's see. Last month I did a tour with uh, Sam Morrow. He's like, um, he's a real soulful kind of country, rock, Americana Kind of a little outlaw vibe going on with him. Kind of funky. You know, he's he's real good. I, I enjoy touring with him, playing with him. You were in California and Texas, or just Texas? Uh, we didn't make it out to California that time, but we started in Texas. His uh, He grew up in Houston, so we kind of like used that as a home base and hit a bunch of spots around Austin, Fort Worth, Amarillo, Lubbock, San Antonio. You know, we were kind of jumping around Texas for probably a couple of weeks. Then we made our way up the East Coast, started playing, played a couple of shows in around Nashville, and uh, made our way up to New York City and Boston and Vermont. And, Where'd you play in New York City? Uh, this was Skinny Dennis. Oh yeah, in Brooklyn. Yeah, I've never been there because that that was built after I moved here. Um, but everybody tells me, like, yeah, that's a cool place to go play when you're up there. I really liked it. I'd never been there. It's small, but it was fun. You know, it got, got pretty busy and mm-hmm. kind of a little rowdy. And it's got a good little honky-tonk feel there in New York City, you know. <laughs> wow. That's so bizarre to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. And you went up to Vermont, you said? Yeah, that was an interesting show. It was, it was random. It was in kind of like a little family bar restaurant area. And then you just had, like, a room next door, like, it wasn't a stage or anything. He just set up some sound equipment. And I guess it was a small town. I can't exactly remember what it was called, but, uh, you know, it was like rural Vermont. And it was, like, packed. Like, it's like everybody came that day. It was like a Sunday afternoon. The restaurant and the bar were, like, just packed, and the room and was packed. And it was fun. You know, there was, like, a bluegrass band that played before us, and they were great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, yeah, just... You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> One uh, day to the next is can be completely different. And you did a few uh, tours with Aubrey Sellers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, working with them. Let's see. I was a sub at first last year, the year before. And then we did quite a few shows last summer going into uh, into the end of the summer. And then I think she's kind of been taking a little break. And it's going to start picking up pretty soon here. we got a couple shows at the end of this month. New Jersey and uh, Connecticut. Yeah, it's kind of hard to keep all these places straight. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna get that going. And yeah, I really enjoy playing with them. It's a great band. Aubrey's great. She's really talented. Great to be around. Nice. That's a fun gig. Um, so you're originally from upstate New York, mm-hmm. and when you uh, got out of, was it high school or college that you moved over to LA? Uh, let's see. I went to college kind of like with no direction. Just, we had a state university in New York, Plattsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. SUNY Plattsburgh. (laughs) So I went there for like about a year and a half undeclared thinking like, I don't, I don't really know what I want to do. I want to do music. I was thinking about maybe going to music school like Berkeley or something, but 
while those fuels are expensive and mm-hmm. there's no guarantee you're yeah. gonna, like have anything going on after but you know it's great networking and yeah. i've heard great things about them but i was kind of like unsure about what i wanted to do and i actually moved to uh tempe arizona in phoenix area to go to a recording school this uh. is in 2000 <laughs> this is, i went to the conservatory of recording arts and sciences and it was a, a very small school back then just a tiny little campus now they have i think two or three campuses and it's much bigger but uh i had a great time there and then i uh i got an internship in la in a studio as a runner what studio this is uh ocean way and, yeah. and record one nice they, i don't know if they still own both of them but is it the, is it the same ocean way owners of the ocean way in nashville i think yeah at one time it was i think he sold it to somebody else okay. i think they sold to belmont actually okay and then but they kept it ocean way yeah, yeah yeah same name really amazing studio like just all the gear you could possibly imagine great people working there and you know so i was kind of thrown into that i'm a runner i've never even been to la and i'm like okay this is cool i'm like, mm-hmm. just right in the thick of it now yeah pretty but, low on the totem pole but yeah it's a great experience so okay so your experience as a studio intern is positive oh absolutely yeah okay that's you're like within i feel like a you know, 5% of people that have a positive experience as an intern as a music studio. Yeah, there's a large spectrum of experiences that can be had in that. (laughs) Yeah. um, I had a paid internship at a mastering studio, but it wasn't like, it was, I didn't learn anything. You know, I was just told to keep my mouth shut and like clean out closets and, you know, and I'm like, I just want to know about audio and what you're doing in order to get, the music, how, how the music comes from, comes in like this and leaves like that. Yeah. But it, it just wasn't like that type of knowledge was withheld. Yeah. Um, it was in New York City. It was cool. It was like in the Upper West Side. And, nice. um, but, uh, anyway. But yeah, you, when, when we first started playing together, you were like, yeah, that's where Dr. Dre recorded 2001. Mm-hmm. Yeah, record one there. Yeah, I think they had just finished that up. This was like, 2000 and they they had rented out the studio record one for aftermath records had it rented out for like six months or something so they were just all hanging in that studio for six months coming up with 2001 oh i think like they, had, they had already done like, 2001 and they were kind of like dre was like doing his thing with producing a bunch of different artists now uh, okay was eminem coming by yeah he was there a few times uh let's see when i first got there they were doing that song Wow, was it Let Me Blow Your Mind? Eve oh, yeah, and Eve, Glenn yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's already in my head. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So how many years were you working at that studio? Only about one. You know, I started Ocean Wind. They put me over at Record One. And and then, you know, it's kind of like you're saying, it's hard to, at such a big studio like that, it's hard to really get in there and learn stuff. And when a position is open, they... they tend to hire somebody that has a really great resume and i was i was so low on the totem pole i was like how am i supposed to get a great resume if i'm you know hanging out here and doing this i mean i was learning a lot and having a lot of great experiences but you know it's it's tough because it's like that catch-22 like you know you have to have a great resume to get more of a great resume yeah (laughs) so i eventually left i feel like la is the most like that yeah you know um so you left so you didn't really get any base session work or anything through that? No, not really. I mean, there was some side stuff I did just with random people I met through there and here and there. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
yeah, I started just kind of playing in bands and getting into that side of things. And I started to really enjoy that, you know, getting back into playing bass and just, you know, writing songs and jamming people. Mm -hmm. Kept doing that. And then I joined this band LAO, which had kind of a cool little local following and all ages club in the valley. And, and that was fun. We, and then we just toured like constantly. We toured so much and it was great. I'd never toured or anything before. And, Started having fans, and this is like right in the the era of MySpace, like taking off. Mm-hmm. You know, MySpace was like Tila Tequila, and <laughs> Look What I Did, and LAO, and and some other random bands, and everybody joined. <laughs> <laughs> but we were kind of the first on that. Really? Not the first, but like some of the first bands. Like there weren't even that many bands on it. And we're like, huh, bands can do this. Yeah. Now it's like kind of the norm, you know. Yeah. Not MySpace, but just social media platforms for bands. MySpace was everything at one point in history. <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard to believe now. <laughs> Showing my age. Um, <laughs> who is it? Uh, Rick Wilkerson was on here, and we were talking about MySpace, and he was like, "Do I even?" He went on MySpace. He's like, "Do I even still have an account with this?" So he went on, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, "I just remember it being really shady." I was like, "Yeah, I bet it's gonna be the same when you get." And it's just like, "Yep, yeah, already really shady." Once I got on this, <laughs> I don't think Justin Timberlake really cleaned it up that much. Um, it's just kind of like the Wild West internet. Yeah. You know, if you're in a band, you get that, you know, template of your band icon in the upper left, your shows on the right, and your, yeah. and your music player. And then there'd be like some add-ons you could buy to maybe sell your music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you got to choose which friends were like the visible friends. Oh, your top which, eight. Was, your that top was everything eight. back in the day. Oh, yeah. God. Can you, yo, you can be in my top eight if I'm in your top eight. Yeah. It's like the beginning of like... Our mental health crisis. Right I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Something's a little weird here. Oh, man. Um, Why am I not in your top eight? Andrew, geez. Yeah. Oh, What's dude, wrong with me? Why are they better than me? <laughs> but that's the passive aggressive culture that we, that oh, is yeah. like all spurred. Yeah. That. Comparing yourself to other people. Oh, you can go. That's yeah. yeah. We, can, we can go <laughs> down that road. <laughs> uh so what do you what do you like uh, shooting for these days? Are you just trying to like stay hustling downtown, doing road gigs, just keeping the keeping the money coming in, staying on the road, staying busy? Pretty much, yeah. I just you know I, I feel pretty fortunate now to have a lot of stuff coming down the pipe and offers and just yeah. You know, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? And, you know, I'm playing on Broadway, you can make some pretty good money down there, and I I enjoy it. You know, like just having an instrument in your hands and playing for long hours is. It's good practice, and, you know, it's not like an experience you can really get anywhere else, honestly, I think. And then, you know, good road gig comes along. I'm like, yeah, cool, I'll do that. And, you know, just you never know who's going to call or who's going to hit you up and be like, hey, can you do this or that? And sometimes you got to make tough choices. Like, well, if I do that, I can't do this. And then if I do that, I might not be able to do this. And Yeah, that's what that's, happened to me next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that uh, took a gig, fly date, down to Florida for a music festival. Oh, nice. And, yeah, I'm... I made the right decision by doing the gig, but there's going to be a, a film scoring um, convention in oh, town yeah. next weekend. And it's like a lot of a lot of big people in it, and it's eighty bucks I think for the two day. But it seemed like a really great event to go to. But eh, oh yeah, yeah, made my bed with the gig, which yeah. is fine. That's what I want. That's why I moved to Nashville to do yeah. more gigs, not to. But yeah, you got to choose those things. Are you going to Nam this year? No, I'm going to be out uh, that weekend with. Aubrey Sellers and that crew. Oh, cool. Otherwise, well, I'm there you go. Them. It's just like the same type of yeah, thing. Like, right, uh, yeah. Do I go to do this? or No, I'm getting paid to play music. Let's, yeah, I might as well do that. That's <laughs> usually the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Nice. Uh, let's see. What else? Hold on. Have you read that article that the bass player is the most important member of the band? I have, yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Some kind of scientific uh, evidence about Mm -hmm. how the ear perceives music and low frequencies being in time is, like, a little more important than anything else. Like, other frequencies can be a little more forgiving if, like, they're, like, played, like, before or after the beat or something like that. (laughs) Oh, that's really interesting. That makes sense because that's what groove is Yeah, when the low frequency hits. It's kind of a subtle thing that I guess you don't really consciously think about when you're listening to music, but I guess... Sure, that makes sense to me. You know, I, I like that because I'm a bass player. I like feeling important, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> bass tends to get forgotten Yeah, sometimes. it is kind of like <laughs> the most thankless member of the band, not not to be offensive or anything, but yeah. it is it is kind of like you've got to be so good to kind of be invisible. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you don't really notice the bass player, they're probably doing a pretty good job. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And we have the ability to make the whole band sound terrible, <laughs> just like in one, one note. <laughs> I don't know what is, you know, what it's so weird because when you're playing with a bass player that doesn't know like the tunes as a, for a guitar player, it's so frustrating. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. It's kind of like you're walking on an, on the street and then suddenly there's a sinkhole in front of you and you're like, oh, I'm not really walking on anything right now. Yeah. Or when you got to uh, shoot the bass player numbers or mouth numbers to the bass player on stage. Yeah, while and trying then, to sing or play. <laughs> and then the guitar solo comes in, you're like, I really just hope he knows to <laughs> yeah, go right. either play the verse or the chorus. And then the guitar solo comes and you're like, no, he just he just <laughs> did. She's not he's not playing a note. I'm just <laughs> yeah, out gone. here with no with no bottom end. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. <laughs> uh yeah, I used to play bass in a band when I was in college, so I played in this band for like a year and a half on bass and honestly even though i was a guitar player and studying guitar being a really first before a professional guitar player but a professional bass player was like the best thing i think i could have done because oh, nice. yeah. it made me it allowed me to really just lock in with the drummer on gigs not and just allow the people in front to go do what they're gonna do yeah the front man entertaining and talking and just sitting in the back and then the guitar player and, and harmony singer doing their thing and then just honestly just providing the low end. Yeah. Um, and I think if you don't have that experience, then you kind of miss out on something. You don't understand what's really going on. It's like, yeah, it's kind of another side, of the, another dimension of that you become aware of like when you're actually doing it. And then it kind of like helps with other things too. Same with like playing drums too, like having a little bit of independence. Mm-hmm. With your limbs, kind of helps you feel like you know beats in between the beats and subdividing the the yeah. groove and whatnot. Yeah, that's what, there's like a lot of bass players that are good drummers and drummers that are good bass players. Yeah, they like they know what they want to hear. I wish I was a good drummer. I can imagine myself being a good drummer, but then I <laughs> I have the drumsticks in my hands and it just doesn't quite. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> I know because everything has to be right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so know, you precise. Can't, if there if something sounds off in that performance, it's the drummer's fault. Yeah. The good thing about being a drummer is, like, you're never in the wrong key. Or, like, if you hit the wrong cymbal, it's not going to, like, train wreck the band. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But you got to he- listen to drums all day Yeah, if you're a drummer. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Fair enough. <yeah. laughs> that's why I'm not a drummer. <laughs> um, yeah, Wrangle's supposed to come on. Um, oh, cool. 
He's fucking great. Yeah. Pardon my French. <laughs> <laughs> no, you 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 just slam the the red E for explicit tag on this podcast. Oh, there it is. Nice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just put that on every episode because uh, you never know. Yeah. And I don't care. I don't want anybody who, if anyone's offended that we have cursing on the show. <laughs> That's their problem. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I don't know if the if we can just end it and just be a cool short conversation. That's fine with me. Sure, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate everybody who's been listening to this podcast. Uh, whether we get into some really informative details about uh, music or working as a musician or production, um, I really hope that the laid back informal atmosphere uh, really helps people to kind of understand. Uh, what it is, uh, the, the people who work uh, playing music and the music you hear, it's all very important to me. Um, if it's if you really are a fan of the show, I do appreciate uh, emails. You can always reach me at andrew at andrewlepow.com. Uh, you can just go to my website and there's a contact form as well. Um, and if you have any friends you think would be down with this podcast, if they would dig, uh, you know, talk and shop about being musicians, please let them know. You can find me uh, by just searching on the iTunes store and just putting my name, Andrew LePau. That's the easiest way to get it to pull up. And also on Spotify, I was able to uh, finally get the podcast on Spotify. So now it's on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, Google Podcasts, Google Play. So all those accounts, I bet you can even tell Alexa that uh, to play Andrew LePau's podcast and she'll she'll get an episode up for you. So I'm going to have some great guests coming up, and I'm really excited for the next uh, few episodes. And I really thought this episode was also great to have Tyrone in the studio. So I'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks.